You're watching the Miss Francois Show. Welcome to the Miss Francois Show. Of course, every time you all look at me, you're thinking, wow, she looks so amazing. So today, I have an amazing guest. His name is Brian Robinson. And I just want to tell you a little thing about Brian. Brian is an award-winning speaker. He told me he loves public speaking, he loves church, and he loves soca. I'm not sure how soca and church mixes with that, but whatever, hallelujah, Jesus, soca, wine, hallelujah, what, whatever he chooses to do. So right now what he's going to do, he's going to entertain us with a small little snippet of a, something like a speech, something like a talk, and it's called Never Too Busy. Brian Robinson, Never Too Busy. It was a Saturday morning, and I was standing behind my kitchen sink, sweaty, smelly, and soaked. I'd been up since 8 a.m. I had already cleared out the closets, I had polished the floors, I had worked out, ran four miles, and now I had just finished washing the dishes, and it wasn't even 8 o'clock in the morning. My wife is married to the greatest guy in the world. And then I heard this voice. Babe, are you busy? I turn around, and over uh, by the bedroom door is my Costa Rican chocolate, Angie. Angie is wearing her weekend nerd glasses, her red pajamas, and she's seven months pregnant. No, babe, I'm not too busy. What is it? Oh, I'm so happy. We need to talk. And she pointed to the couch. As soon as she pointed to the couch, I knew that it was serious. You see, the couch is the same spot where I slept for five nights when I messed up and was in the doghouse. <laughs> it's the same place where I've mustered up the courage and I said, Babe, I've changed my Facebook status to inner relationship. <laughs> and the same place where I said, I love you. I sat down next to Angie, she took my hand, and she said, Brian, I love you, but you are too busy. You're always running here, you're running there, you're going to the gym, you're going to the store. When you're home, you're on the TV, you're on your phone, you spend more time looking at the TV than looking at me. Brian, you are too busy for love. Now, as I was sitting there, I just felt like getting off the couch. I looked over at him and said, are you crazy? I love love. I'm never too busy for love. But at that moment, I started to think about my dad. My dad, Bill Robinson, was a great dad. Growing up, he was always there for me. Cub Scouts, Boy Scouts, Little League games, he would always make time. But he wasn't always the best husband. My dad was always busy. He and my mom got married at a young age, had three kids. He worked full time and he went to law school at nighttime. 
And when he was home and he wasn't playing with the kids, he was always in the front yard mowing or weeding and trying to have the best lawn in the neighborhood. And I would often hear my mom say, Billy, you need to slow down. You're too busy. We need to spend time together. But my dad, he stayed busy. When he got out of law school, he spent more time building his law practice than building his marriage. After 18 years of being married, they got divorced. I still remember coming home from high school, walking into the house, and in the back bedroom, I could hear my mom cry. I looked at Angie and said, Angie, I love you. I'll change. Three months later, Angie gave birth to a beautiful baby boy, and we named him Gabriel. Now, at the time, I had just started a new job, tempted to work 70 hours a week to prove myself, but we had a new child. Does anybody here have kids? Holy cow, how much work is involved? Baby's waking up at 4 a.m. expecting you to get a bottle. My wife yelling at me at the same time. We got to get more milk. And you're going to the store at 5. You're working on no sleep and you're going to the job. But I told my wife I'd change. After work every day at 5.30, I was running out the door to the subway. And off the subway, I would haul home. As Soon as I got home, I would sit down next to her, we would talk, would play with the baby. And usually, you know, there would be no phone and no TV. Well, some time went by, and I realized how much things had changed. One night, I was coming home from work, and I was putting the key in the door. And on the other side of the door, you could hear the pitter-patter of little feet. Daddy, Daddy, open the door. Oh, my beautiful Gabriel. And in the middle of the room was my beautiful wife, Angie, smiling. Like most nights, it's simple. I'd come home, we would talk, read a story to Gabriel, maybe eat give him a bath, and then we would go into the bedroom and we would put him in the crib where we would sing and pray and connect. And after Gabriel has fallen asleep, we would tiptoe into the living room and we would make dinner. Friends, all of us are so busy. And so often we always hear, you can do it all, you can be it all. That's a lie. Our time, your time, is limited. Slow down and take time to love the people you love. You should never be too busy. For love.
What the hell was that? <laughs> no, I'm thinking Miss France. Well, it's when comedy meets reality. He's never coming on my show again, but he's also a guest today, so I don't have a choice. <laughs> so, Brian, that was somewhat entertaining, a little depressing, but <laughs> I don't know if he didn't understand comedy. But it's okay. The best part about Brian, he's actually really funny beside that one. He has a book called How to Meet Women on the Subway. So look him up. He's a really great speaker. I actually adore him. That speech was okay, but this one is even better. So look him up, okay? <laughs> I just wanted to make sure you all know today's segment. Oh, wait. You all know I like Michael Jackson, right? So today's segment is doesn't matter if it's black or white, which is really interracial dating. It doesn't matter if it's white or black <laughs> or what, whatever. So today I have with me three guests. My guests are Jennifer Lamb. Brian Robinson, I'm Marissa Frontin. Pronounce your last name, Marissa? Sylvie. So, where are you giving me attitude for? It's my show, I know. <laughs> All right, relax. So, a little about my guests. We have Miss Marissa directly in front of me. She is originally from Trinidad and Tobago. Typically, we will call her black, but she's mixed with a little Indian and black, which we call Dogla. <laughs> Beside that, she likes, she's a homeowner. She loves her job, very intelligent, beautiful. That's what you want me to say, you're intelligent and beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, whatever. So Marissa has been married for eight and a half years to a white man. <laughs> this wasn't for your green card, right? This was just... <laughs> okay, and the cool thing about Marissa and her family, she comes from a blended family. Two girls, 17 and 14, and a son from your other half, yes? Yes. How old is he? 13. Okay, and together you all have a daughter together? How old is she? She's three and a half. Awesome. So a little about my next guest. Ladies first, I'm going to go directly to Jennifer Lam. <laughs> Jennifer is ching long ching ching. She's Chinese. <laughs> She's a teacher. She teaches what? What do you teach? I teach pre-K. Pre-K. That sounds very exciting. She wants everyone to know that she tries to live the best version of her life. Oh my God, this is just pathetic. Best version of your life That's every right. day. <laughs> yes, I have to. She's yeah. dating a Cuban, Colombian. Do you speak any Spanish? No. Oh, you, you with him for the, a different kind of reason. Okay. <laughs> yes, she does. She knows sea poppy. <laughs> <laughs> I see. <laughs> They've been dating for how, how long? Eight months. And where did you meet him? On Facebook. See, we can get love on Facebook. Well, With that good. said, <laughs> we're on to the only white man I've ever had on my show. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Brian is white. American. <laughs> He's married five years now to a lovely wife from Costa Rica. Si. Senor. <laughs> awesome. For the, la for the last 20 years, the last time he dated anyone was like, what, 20, 20 years ago you dated... The last white woman the I dated? Last, yeah. <laughs> I'd say it was probably my senior, no, it was in college. It was probably over 24 years ago, 25 years ago, yeah. Okay. So, now that you hear a few things about my guests, right, I just want to ask the two ladies two main questions that, honestly, this is the most important question everyone wants to ask about interracial relationship. Ladies, is it true about black men compared to white men? And it is not true. 
Oh hell no! I nah. I I I know about that. I had. Yeah. What? Like, look directly in the camera as you lie. It's it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good yes. compared to. Yes. Definitely. Okay. You know definitely. what? I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a break one day. So they could decide exactly <laughs> if the black mm or the Spanish mm is bigger than the white. <laughs> mm. Okay, so we're gonna oh, be right oh back God. with. We're gonna continue with that same question. We're gonna be right back. <laughs> I'm gonna kill you. You never be able to ask that. That's <laughs> so embarrassing. Visit aarp.org slash caregiving for information on how to provide even better care for the person who wants to care of you. Visit aarp.org slash caregiving for information on how to provide even better care for the person who wants to care of you. We are back. Good news. Jennifer Lam has confirmed that Spanish ding-dong is bigger than Chinese ding-dong. So with that said, <laughs> on to the next did? question. This is for everyone, basically. One of the main things with interracial relationship is culture, sometimes the food or religion. What, Brian, would you say is something that you had to adjust to with your wife being Costa Rican? Well, it was actually more cultural than it was racial. Mm -hmm. And one of her things is that, uh, I'm going to be very delicate, is that she has a pretty large family and they tend to get very involved in her life and like they all live in the New York City area and my family is all across the country. And so, um, so that's that's been a challenge. Marissa, what do you think? Since since he has to, your husband is Italian, right? Yes. How he's okay with the roti and the curry and all that stuff. Yes. Oh, so any what was the hardest? Maybe something he would have to adjust to, or maybe you had to adjust. Um, we I had to adjust to Italians on Sundays. They're specific to sauce every Sunday, and Trinidadians were specific to our. Crab macaroni pie, callaloo, <laughs> rice. So we had to mix it up. So we do Italian, Trinidadian. Italian, Trinidadian. Oh, that's nice. Jennifer? Uh, mostly it's me because I'm Chinese and my boyfriend's Hispanic, but it's more getting him getting used to my family and introducing them the language because my parents don't speak English. So that's the most difficult part. They try to communicate, so it's a little hard culturally and then like you know there's certain days he doesn't understand why we do what we do it for like some holidays he's like I've never heard of but it's just something within our culture we do and he doesn't 
quite understand just yet. But he's really open to Yeah, it. he's open to it, but he's like, again, we have to go to the house and eat another dinner. I'm like, yeah. Huh? Is, he pay, is he paying for it? No, it's at my house. Oh, <laughs> what's he complaining for? <laughs> so My dad's very intimidating, so. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so this question is for you, Jennifer, right? Since you're the youngest of the group and you have a Chinese background, how is your parents okay with you venturing outside the culture because they directly from China, they have all the culture, they don't even speak English that well. Mm -hmm. How are they with you dating outside? I mean, now they're okay with it after many, many years of trying to get me to date a Chinese guy or an Asian descent. So now they're a lot better with it. They kind of figured you're a little older now, you need to get a boyfriend, have some children, get married. So right now they're okay with Good. it. But at the beginning he, they were like, Chinese. There's plenty of them in Chinatown. There's plenty of them in Flushing. You can't find one. I'm like, no, I cannot. And have you dated Chinese? Yes, a very long time ago. Okay. <laughs> a very, very long time ago. So I wanted to ask this question, Marissa. When people found out you were dating a different race, or oh, you know, since you say you show up somewhere, you come first, or then he follows you in, how has how has people reacted to that? Um. I haven't had an issue with it. I think the issue was vice versa. Um, when he showed up with me, it was a bit of an issue. Like, for example, when we were purchasing our home, um, he went, made the appointment with the real estate woman and everything, and then I came out of the car, and she was... She was she she was speechless. She had to like you know she had she needed a moment, and I was like, okay, have your moment. So she was like really shocked. And how did so, you handle that? You pretend. Oh, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> you do you have any reaction when people find out? Oh, just like she said, it was switching her situation. How do people react when they find out? Well, I think I think my wife is challenged a great deal because there are a lot of women very jealous that she scored a really good-looking white man like me, who can also, who's good on the dance floor and other places, you know. Um, honestly, I don't, I don't think it's been, it's been very little of a reaction. However, I will say this, and this I guess will go through all three of us. We're in New York City, and it, this is kind of its own country, but I grew up in Oklahoma. And I think that it would have been a lot different if we would have raised our child and been growing up in Oklahoma City, where I'm from. Um, I think that, like, within my immediate circle, it would have been fine, but if we would have, she would have gotten a lot of looks if we, if it was in Oklahoma. Okay, have she been to Oklahoma? About she, she has, and she was scared. She packed a gun, she put on a Donald Trump hat, uh, <laughs> make America great again. No, I'm just joking. Uh, she has, she did go down there, but she went kicking and screaming. Hey, I said, you going to Oklahoma? With Hell no, she said. But she, she went, yeah, and my, and my family, um, after 20 years of dating other black women, they were okay with it. They're like, okay. they expected it. And you've been dating black women for like 20 years? Uh, yeah, yeah, and mostly more Caribbean women the last 10. What do you think, well, why is that? Are you attracted to mostly Caribbean women or black women? Is, what is it? This is the serious part. So, you know, I think, I think we like what we like. And I think that we always have this strong reaction uh, for me, I, I noticed like in middle school and high school, I was always more attracted to black women. And I don't know what it was. And I remember like when I ran track, I mean, I remember I, I did some extra laps because there were some beautiful girls out there. I'll leave it at that. And always staring or whatever. But then I went, I wound up going to college at Oklahoma State University and the mascots called the Cowboys. 
rural Oklahoma, really white. So, um, you know, I was kind of a closeted um, lover of black women at Oklahoma State. But then when I got out of there, I was on the loose. <laughs> I let it out. I came out of the, the Oklahoma closet, basically. But, but, I, but I guess the thing is, is that for me, I was always, I, I knew that I was always more attracted to black women. And then I guess around 21, 22, you began to gain more confidence. And I just was like, you know what, forget it. Uh, I, I'm not worried what other people think. I'm, I like what I like. Okay. Very nice, long answer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Marissa, this is for oh, you. you have, Sorry about that. No, no problem. <laughs> Better tell him don't outshine me. I don't understand. He didn't listen to the conversation. <laughs> Marissa, you have kids and you came from, a, basically you had two households were joined because your husband has a son. Right. And you have two daughters. How has that been combining the, from the two families? Um... For us, it hasn't been hard. Um, his son is from an interracial couple as well because the mom is black. And uh, my kids, my ex-husband was black. So um, blending them all together, it, it hasn't really been an issue. I mean, the kids in school would say to my daughters, how come your dad is white? <laughs> And, they, and my daughter said, he's not white, he's peach. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, they, they, kids don't really see color. And I, I strongly believe that kids do not see color. Now that they're older, now that the girls are older, they, they have grown with him because I got together with him. They were four and two or something, you know, close to that. So mm. they've grown with it. So it's been easier because they were younger. That's what I believe. And one other thing I wanted to add to that, you have a daughter, but you have a daughter, right? I, yeah. I often wonder if like the older kids, because your older kids are like 17 and yeah, right. Do they have any issues or any jealousy? Because sometimes people have with complexion or sometimes she might seem to get more favor. I mean, no. everyone react differently. Um, she gets more favor because she's way younger than the both of my right. girls. Than everybody else, there's like a 10 year gap. Mm -hmm. So she does get more favor, but I like my oldest daughter would say stuff like, oh, she's only three and look at all that hair and, you know, but in a joking way, there's, there's no jealousy. I, at least I don't think there is. Don't even know her own children. Anyway, <laughs> so tell me some positives of dating outside your race or nationality. What? Wait, can I say something real quick? No. Oh, no. I mean, yes. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You had asked about a challenge, and this might be something for me, and I'll try to be, I'll try to be brief, is that most of the United States, is, is the majority is white American, and I always thought, I'm, I'm pro-black, I'm very open, I understand, but I have no clue what it's like being a black woman. And, and I'd say in the last few years, there would be some points of tension where my wife would say something, but you don't understand, walking into the room and being the only black woman or or having the afro, and I'm thinking, oh no, you're overreacting, you're being a baby or whatever, because that's my, because I'm, but I'm, I'm different than everybody else. And I think the point being is that that's something that I've been challenged with is, is I, can't, uh, I can't connect with her on that. I can't say, babe, I understand, because I really don't. And it's just taken the last couple of years. I always thought I knew and thought I knew, but there's so much I don't know. I'm cool like black, but I'm not really black. Really? Yeah. <laughs> None of us here realize that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Oh, Jennifer, I had a question for you. Because you're the youngest one here, yeah. right? Is it e do you think it's easier dating outside or interracial, having relationships since you're a millennial or you're younger mm -hmm. compared? I mean, he's old. She's not that young. <laughs> so has it been easier now, you would you believe? Or have you ever had any real issues or yours been fine except for, like, your parents and stuff? Yeah, for me, it was always okay. Like, like what Brian said, you like, you like who you like. Like, I've tried to date my race. I've dated plenty, like, I've dated plenty of different racial guys. But I don't know, like, it's never been an issue for me. It never really occurred to me, like, oh, I need to like a specific type. I just like what I like, and then I don't think it's hard. I think as long as you you find someone you connect with, whether they're whatever race, I think it's fine. For me, it's always been that way, except my parents. They were like, date a Chinese person, date a Chinese person. I'm like, no. I, I want to add something to this. I, it seems as though both of you are like, I like what I like. I don't specifically like white men. It's not like I go on and I go, oh, I, I no. That's not how mine's Oh, happened. this one fell in your lap. Oh, you're bad. I don't know. Fell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, we, we worked together, and I was just getting out of a relationship, and he was just getting out of a relationship, and we knew each other before. So it was like we started off as friends first, and in my mind, I was it, that was the furthest thing from my mind. So I don't, like, some people say, oh, she has a white guy. That would mean that she, no, no, just that one particularly i don't mm -hmm. you know go looking for that no i i still i love my black men but if i was down in trinidad on the dance floor you would not have been able no. to say no to this no i'm, I'm so? sure <laughs> i'm sure i could have yeah <laughs> i have a hard time believing that i, I hear what you're saying okay okay so just like how she's younger, right? And it might be technically somewhat easier. No, everyone is so much more accepting. And being that you're from Oklahoma and you're Trinidadian, so what's the worst thing you think, ha any incidents that you all have experienced, like anything that's memorable that was like such a negative experience? Uh, for me, like my, my boyfriend saw it before me because when we first started dating, I really didn't think of anything. But once he, we were on the train, coming home and then a uh, Hispanic lady was just staring. I mean like staring, not like just like a glance, like just, and then my boyfriend's like, she's looking at us. And I'm like, oh, it's okay. When I looked at her, she gave me the dirtiest look and I'm like, I've never felt that uncomfortable on a train and it was a long ride. So she was with us for most of the ride and it was uncomfortable because I've never felt that before. Mm -hmm. So yeah. You all have any issues? Um, my, I'm sorry. My, my biggest issue was with my daughter, the, the child that we have in common. She came out way lighter than I expected. And um, I was breastfeeding her in the mall one day. And this lady came up to me, and she was an older white woman. And she said, what are you doing? And I said, excuse me? Oh, my God. And she said, you're is that is that a baby and i'm like yeah she's like that's your baby and i said no oh. i randomly feed white children <laughs> of course it's my baby and, and she was just she was mortified and she she wow. started like you know she wanted to get help like she wanted to save this child that that's good you know so it was and i was pretty upset i was pretty upset because my husband was nowhere around okay. so with that said we actually have to wrap it up. 
because I have a whole sign in front of me that says wrap it up. <laughs> okay. So again, I wanted to say thank you all for coming on thank the you. show. But thank Brian, you. before you go, I have a song that I want you to show everybody how much you like soca. And oh, I want to see your waistline move over. Because you said you could outwind any Trini woman. Is that correct? Do you think your fans can handle it? I know they could handle it. Can you? <laughs> Ladies, you're married. Don't, get, don't look too so close. So whenever you uh, play this song, to... make sure you play that song. So, okay? So that's our show. Let's see Brian do his thing. Good. Brian, Come over here.